Onward Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and today's episode is going to take us to a discussion of our favorite ride vehicles at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland. In this episode, I'm joined by our friends Brett, Craig, and Vanessa from Beyond the Mouse, who will help come up with our list of what we consider to be the best attraction vehicles at the Disney parks. Not surprisingly, this conversation was so in-depth that we're making it a two-part discussion, and this episode will dive into part one, but be sure to stay tuned for part two, which will include even more incredible ride vehicles to identify and discuss. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share some ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with others, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. So when we go to a Disney park, we love riding the attractions. And a lot of that has to do with the story, the, the, the track layout, the characters, the, the overall ambience of the attractions that we just love. But a really key component that maybe doesn't get enough attention is the vehicle in which we travel on these rides. It's a topic I did bring up when I interviewed Imagineer Tony Baxter for one particular attraction, which may or may not come up in the conversation today, but it is certainly a part of the development process for Imagineers and one that is really integral to the overall story. Today's discussion is going to be a top 10 list for each of us here, which I'm sure is going to get whittled down as we have repeat answers of our favorite, absolute favorite, or we consider to be the best park attraction vehicles at Disneyland or at Walt Disney World, kind of picking and choosing between the two, especially because there is some overlap. To do that, I brought onto the show some wonderful friends who are repeat guests of the program, who are Craig, Brett, and Vanessa from Beyond the Mouse. How are you all doing? Oh, just doing so well. Thanks so much for having us, Matthew. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Yes, this will be fun. Thank you. It, yes, is, <laughs> it is a pleasure to have you back. Uh, always great to have these conversations with friends that consider you all to be friends. Brett and I in particular, we seem to cross paths so often at uh, like Destination D23, D23 Expo. Are you going back to Destination D23 this year? Well, I, uh, I'm hoping to, you know, a lot of it depends on fate, you know, fate yes. will see us through or whatever, you know, yeah. that Disney quote from Peter Pan. I know the it feeling. Steps I in and be... sees you through. Gosh, gosh, I almost got it right. So there, you got cool. it. Hope I'll so. be anxiously awaiting that queue to open for those tickets, and they go yes. so fast. So yes, I uh, have my fingers crossed for both of us. Let's um, let's just jump into this topic because there's not too much to preface. I've all I've asked you all before some of your favorite attractions, and I also don't want to give away some what will probably be some of your answers if I start asking about favorite attractions or parks or anything like that. One preface, actually, I will, I will start with one question, um, which is when you were forming your list, what were some of the considerations? Like, what is it about, what's important to you in 
an attraction vehicle. I'll start with Vanessa. Um, Vanessa, was there a particular like thought process you had for how what you consider to be, or you know, some of the qualifications that make for a really great Disney attraction vehicle? Yes, uh, uniqueness first of all, um, and then just do I like to sit in it? Do I get excited about just being in the ride vehicle? Some of the ride vehicles are very similar. But the ones that really stick out to me, and I just know I'm going to have fun as soon as I plop my tuckas down in it. I, that's what I was thinking. That makes sense. Craig, was it the same for you? Yes, in a way. But I also looked at two different I words. I looked at innovation and sort of what moved the attraction forward or um, what it might have meant to the parks at the time, which also leads to another I word, which is iconic, right? So what are the iconic different ride vehicles of the parks as well. Uh, this is a, a checklist that is going to be easy for us to check off. Uh, innovative and iconic. And so, certainly I, I like that way of thinking too. Brett, about how, Brett, how about for you? Well, you know, I, I knew that there were some vehicles that everyone would choose. So I was trying to think a little bit out of the box what constitutes a ride vehicle. And, you know... I'm sometimes sometimes the theater experience can be a ride vehicle. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I just sort of gave one away, but don't choose it. Sorry. <laughs> I, but but I, I agree with you. There's actually there's a couple I could think of that that are maybe not traditional ride vehicles that you could classify as a ride vehicle. So, Brett, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what entries you came up with. But I love Gee, this. I wonder what that was. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the same thought process. And I mean, honestly, we could have opened Pandora's box and gone with extinct attractions, too. But we're going to keep it at least um, in the present. If you do have an extinct attraction, though. You're welcome to uh, to contrib- still contribute that to our list today. Um, let's kick it off. I'm going to go with Brett first because now I am really curious about what you have. This could be in any order, but for you, what was just one attraction that you had to have on this list? Well, since I led with it, and actually, this was the first attraction I ever visited at Disneyland, which now is at Walt Disney World. So it is uh, the General Electric Carousel of Progress or Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. So I had to go old school with that because I was thinking, you know, we kind of think of a ride vehicle as kind of an individual thing or a small group sort of thing. And in this, we have the whole audience moves at the same time. Now is the time for the audience to move. And since it was, it it just holds a very special place in my heart. And uh, and so I, I wanted to start with that. So mm-hmm. Carousel of Progress, either Walt Disney's or the original General Electric Carousel of Progress. That's a fascinating answer because it is like a carousel. So it, mm-hmm. you would easily consider a carousel, you know, horse to be a ride vehicle in itself and this is a theater that moves so i'll give that to you that definitely counts now is there is there a best seat in the house for you at carousel progress um i have uh one time recently well recently in the past year or two um i happened to be in the last row and i believe that it was the same i watched it the same way then as i did the first time i watched it so that you know, I, again, tradition, uh, the first time you experience something. So it was in the last row, kind of, um, yeah, a little bit off center. <laughs> anyway, that's on brand too. But anyway, for me, but, <laughs> 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 but yeah, so yeah, so that was 
that was it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's, I always try to, I still haven't figured out like the perfect seat in Carousel of Progress. If it's, if it's, it's like picking a seat in a real theater. Like, do you pick the, sometimes the front row is not the best row when you're going to see Uh, a show. I I would stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Great leg room, but not the best view. So lots to choose from. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. Of course. Um, let's go to Vanessa. What was the first one on your list? Okay. So this one, uh, may not be one that a lot of people have, but I feel very strongly about this. I had the people mover. And part of the reason I have that is because it is a, a vehicle where you can actually sit across from your friends or whoever you're traveling with and have a moment to talk about what you're enjoying so far, because there is that little lull before the ride kind of takes off. And and then even talk about the lights and the castle, because you can see that as go, as you go by. And I just feel like it's the most uh, social of ride vehicles. And you can make some some good memories while you're waiting to uh, go into a, a, um, Space Mountain there. Very interesting answer. I Honestly, thought about putting it on my list too. It didn't make it to my top ten. Um, it obviously the the attraction itself. I love TTA People Mover. It's probably my top ten attractions. Period. But when I thought about the vehicle itself, I didn't consider that social factor. That's a really great point that you raise, and it makes it almost like a moving park bench. You're just sitting and chatting and getting yeah. this great view, mm-hmm. great view of Tomorrowland. So. I like that answer. That's a good one, too. So far, really creative answers. Um, Craig, are you <laughs> going to keep that train going or are you going to go with a uh, iconic, innovative vehicle? Well, you know, I can keep a train going because mm. I uh, really and I think that, you know, one thing that was missing at Walt Disney World in particular for seemingly the last 50 years, because it was closed for so long for Tron construction, was the railroad and the train that goes around the Magic Kingdom, because that to me is something that ties so directly to Walt Disney. And uh, having been someone that, you know, your listeners may not know this, Brett would certainly let them know that I have not been to Disneyland, but you it's it's allowing for that connection point to Walt Disney and to be able to uh, have him as part of our park over in Florida as well. And so I think that that is something that came to mind right away. And it may not necessarily be something you think of as a traditional ride vehicle because it is just this steam engine train, but it really does uh, help you see the magic that is uh, Walt Disney World in the Magic Kingdom. I love that answer too. Another one that I considered putting on my list that I actually did not. Um, it just goes to show how many possible answers there are. But I, again, I love the attraction. Like the attraction is amazing. And you're right, it is so unique. There's not many trains at Disney. I can think of a couple of others, but there's really not too many trains. And these are steam trains. Like it, it's just such a, a, a part of history and it does tie to Walt Disney. So I really really like that. Um, you all are really setting the bar really high. So I, I really have to think about what I'm going to go with first. I think I'm going to go with something that is, um, well, I'm not going to go with something classic. I'm actually going to go with something new and I'm going to get my, my expected answer out of the way right away. There's a few that maybe listeners are thinking of, but when I think, when you think about specific ride vehicles, one that easily made my top 10 was one of the first that came to mind for new attractions is the R5 prisoner transport vehicles from Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Not surprising oh. to hear me say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, couple, <laughs> but there are, I do have reasons other than, again, like I tried to separate favorite attraction from vehicle experience itself. To me, the main reason I really love this vehicle is the R5 unit itself. Each R5 unit on this attraction has a personality and we can tell how that unit is feeling. And we feel like that droid is literally piloting us through the Star Destroyer, reacting to things that happen, freaking out as we see Kylo Ren's lightsaber pierce through the turbo lift and is trying to get away, like go into the corner of the room. Um, we see the head turn around. We hear it talking to Lieutenant Beck and to Finn. So we really get this full interaction with a vehicle that can at least speak in droid and we can kind of understand what maybe he's saying or feeling in that moment. Um, plus the fact that these are trackless ride vehicles. So that adds an element of surprise. We don't really know what's around the corner. It's not the first trackless ride vehicle in existence, but one of the few that we have at either Disney Walt Disney World or Disneyland. And it's for those reasons, one of my favorites. Um, but a lot of that again has to do with the R5 unit. Plus the fact that, I mean, it locks into a, motion simulator in a drop tower and that also makes it extremely unique so easily one that i had on my top 10 list we'll get the obvious one out of the way for me so that we can get to some more surprises a little bit later on in the conversation well it certainly was on my list of course because you know it's just like you said so much innovation and when i mentioned that and it's also going to be an iconic uh, attraction and an iconic ride vehicle. If it isn't already, it was almost a, immediately uh, that type of a status in the parks. And I love the trackless rides. I love how smooth they are, considering like some of the other ride vehicles we're going to discuss, especially the ones that were um, around about the time that the park was either opening or maybe a little bit later than that. You don't get that really smooth ride out of a lot of these attractions until much later. And so it's cool to see where the Imagineers are going to take the next level. And certainly Rise of the Resistance was one of those that really in a way that no other attraction has just drops you right into a movie. And the ride vehicle is a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to really say that the, the the glossy floors that they have for the ride, uh, the trackless ride vehicles, that sometimes takes me out of the attraction. Um, so I'm like thinking of Mickey and Minnie's or rides like that. But for Rise, it really works well. So th I'm, that's a really good attraction. Yeah, it's like you're moving because you're moving through the Star Destroyer. So they would have those floors or something right, like that. Yeah. So it just fits yeah. in the story. That that definitely makes sense. Maybe not as good of a fit at, I'm thinking like, who's Honey Hunt at Tokyo Disney? Right. Um, you'd expect more like <laughs> mud and dirt and grass. So it maybe doesn't fit as well. But you're right. It's mm. It definitely works at the uh, at Rise of the Resistance. Um, let's go reverse it. Craig, what do you have up as your next answer? Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out, like, you know, now we've gotten some ones that are a little bit more fun on our list. Um, and then we have some, you just did one that you say is obvious, and I get that. But there's some obvious ones to talk about here as well. Um, I'm going to jump, you know, I'm playing uh, to our host here. And I know there's one that's likely going to be up there on your list as well, because when you were in the college program, you were, of course, a cast member. 
at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and you drove that huge safari truck in Kilimanjaro Safaris. And that's such a cool ride vehicle because, yes, it is just this safari truck, but it's the way that it really truly transports you into those areas of Africa to be able to see these animals. And it's the chains on the tire. It's the uh, the way that while you're moving over the landscape, you're kind of you're bumping around and you're kind of almost feeling like you're off-road, but of course it's all on a track still. And and uh, it also has such a large area to it that it's got all these guests on it. But at the same time, it almost feels in a way like you're in an individual safari adventure. And so with that, I'd have to go with the safari trucks for Kilimanjaro safaris. And I bet I wonder if they have a specific name. And I wonder if you know that, Matthew. I was actually going to pose that trivia question to you. <laughs> so um, you, you beat I me to it. Know. They, uh, they do. And fun fact, I was just writing an article for WDW Magazine about Kilimanjaro Safaris. And this came up, and I have to say, the not to do too hard of a plug here, but the folks at WDW Magazine, like, they scrutinize information really well. So they actually <laughs> had to, like, say, like, can you, not can you prove it, they weren't, you know, questioning it, but, like, can you point us to the source that, like, this is the name? Because it's not, it's not in a book. It's not written anywhere. Um, it is only spoken first. I knew it from my training as a cast member, but I, I had only heard or seen one onstage location where it is mentioned, um, which is when you're going through the booking office, which is the first part of the standby queue. There's a little answering machine that plays an automatic message and they say it there. That is the only place that I have seen or heard wow. this name mentioned, um, but they are called Tembo Trucks. Um, and Tembo oh, okay. is Swahili for elephants. Um, and it both speaks to the size of the vehicle. It's a large vehicle, much like elephants are large mammals. Um, and it also kind of spoke to the star of the attraction because for a long time, the elephants were the star of the attraction. That's who we went to save when it came time to chase the poachers. Um, they were what drew a lot of people to the uh the uh, oh my goodness Harambe Wildlife Reserve I almost like slipped on the name the Harambe Wildlife Reserve so that's uh, the official name of them is Tempo Trucks okay and I'm gonna wow. guess that perhaps that those were on your list that was on my list <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Good. it would be it'd be hard not to be on my list having uh, having driven them and I can confirm that you do have to drive the vehicles they're not on any kind of track like. The, those cast members can drive them, you know, if they really wanted to, wherever they wanted. Um, but uh, obviously, sticking to the sticking to the path uh, in front of Ooh. us. But it's useful if there's something in the road that, um, with permission, like you know, we need to get around or something that we can kind of do that. But uh, I've never seen that actually happen. But yeah, those are those are trucks. Uh, everyone, every cast member has to have a driver's license to be able to operate that. Like it's. It's a it's an intense process to learn how to drive those things. Not like driving a uh, you know a Toyota Prius down the down the highway. It's a little bit bigger. Got a lot of lot, got 35, 40 people to worry about that you're carrying with you. Um, so it's it's a fun, a really fun answer. I'm really glad you added that to the list, Craig. That's great. Um, who did I go to before? I think Vanessa. I think you were oh, second. Oh me, I'm so next. So let's go back to you. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to go with a ride where you will face death. You will look it in the eyes, and that is the Matterhorn bobsleds. <laughs> Those things, I know that some of these rides, you get on it, and you, and you can feel as though there's a computer somewhere that is going to stop it from going off the rails. But those bobsleds feel like just sheer momentum. There's there's probably more to it than that. But for me, I felt like like that was just, oh, it was so crazy. It just felt like being a kid. And like, you know, when you get in a wagon, you go down a hill, it felt that out of control. And it's like sitting in like a soup can or a tin can. It's just, oh, it's incredible. Uh, old school, but really enjoyable. I like how they have modernized those bobsleds, to be honest, because the original version, not that I was around in 59, but like the original, the older versions of Matterhorn bobsleds were were so much more terrifying. I mean, you literally are just kind of sitting in there with one big seatbelt. I was going to say, probably was just like rope, right? (laughs) Back then, they just had a a piece of rope rope that you just hung on to. It could have been. No, I don't think. I don't think I, they were. Uh, they were that that unsafe. But um, be on theme with mountain climbing. That's know. true. <laughs> um, but now that you have sort of your own individual cushion seats to kind of make it feel a little more or a little less uncomfortable, because you're right, that track is is a little bit uh, rough. It is, to be fair, the first tubular steel roller coaster built. So, got to give it a little bit of credit for that. But sure. it is uh, the vehicles are so much fun. Um, they really are, but yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride for sure. Um, well, that's great. I, I love that answer too. Brett, you're, uh, rounding out this round before getting back okay. to me. So what's your next one up? Well, you know, I guess I have to, you know, bring up the elephant in the room. Um, not Dumbo, the, the flying elephant. No, Dumbo, <laughs> no. the flying elephant. But I'm bumping there. Uh, yes. You kill me. <laughs> it is iconic. Iconic. So iconic that, what? No, was it? No, it was Harry Truman that wouldn't write it because he wouldn't be, he didn't want to be photographed. No, no, no. Yes, it was. Yes, that is correct because he was a Democratic of the Democratic Party persuasion. Oh, I did not know that. That's actually very oh, yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. That is very funny. Yeah. So if they were donkeys, then, you know, Reagan right. might not have. Perhaps not. <laughs> but they did not do. There are donkeys. There are donkeys in that film, though. Hmm, interesting. So maybe there could be another version of that that's, you know, <laughs> flying donkeys? donkeys. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's donkeys. Disney. Anything can happen. You know. Well, um, so anyway, yeah. So how about that? I just want to mix it up a little bit, you know, because, yeah, I'm just, we're being creative and then we'll go to the, well, it'll give everybody else the chance to choose the most iconic. Well, I mean, I what am I saying? Dumbo the Flying Elephant is very iconic. So I'll just, yeah, that's and, that's where I'll stick to that. Brett, I had it on my list too. And part of the reason was I was thinking about those rides where you can pick out your ride vehicle. And there are a few and they're very colorful. There's one in Disneyland that I was really, Brett might have on his list that I almost went with, but I decided to go with Dumbo because it's just uh, such a nostalgic ride. And I, I like picking out the color of my Dumbo. I'm not going to lie. Oh, um. Update. Sorry, Vanessa. I hate to tell you. Since you can't I was pick them anymore. There. No, no. They they have wonderful um, tile, or they have um, like you know tile on the on the floor, and they assign a color and a number now. So oh, it does. No. It makes it less confusing, and you know the pressure of well, where will I go if everything's chosen? You know that sort of thing. So 
Yeah. So, but that's an update. So that's, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, now I'm having, I'm having withdrawals. Yeah. (laughs) Post Disney vacation withdrawal, but that's okay. My cousin and I wrote it. She had her own elephant and I had my own elephant and yeah. So we had a great time. Grand time on Dumbo, the flying elephant classic that actually did not make it to my list which is surprising now that i'm thinking about it but i you know to that point of choosing your own seat versus not there is some novelty to choosing your own seat but i have to say that ultimately you're going to get the same experience one way or another and this helps keep the line down um helps shorten the wait by eliminating the confusion in the boarding process so Mm -hmm. i uh i think that was maybe a good step forward on that decision Yes, oh. after 67 years or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> However long that's been there. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. I, that's one of the original attractions, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I have to go back and fact check myself. It's always hard. You know, there it are is. some attractions that are so old that they almost are like, yeah, that had to be an opening day attraction. I know it was at Magic Kingdom. I'm trying to, I think it was at Disneyland too, but I have to fact check myself there. Um, I believe as far as um, original attractions, when I was at Disneyland for the 50th anniversary, I think that they group, uh, they had special recognition and plaques for the the attractions that were celebrating 50 years. So I don't, it's not necessarily opening day, but I believe it might have been opening day. But, so, but you're going to get the facts. You're going to get so here, here, all I, the facts, though, if it's opening day. Yeah, I just okay. looked it up. So yeah, this is where, again, that gray area, like, was it opening day or not? Um, it was not an opening day attraction. Yeah. It opened August 16th of 1955. So the first month that Disneyland was open, but was not actually an opening day attraction. So well, um, there were the opening year. Opening day would have been, uh, yeah, if you're talking about Black Friday or, you know, the day after, Black Sunday mm-hmm. or the day after. But yeah, I'm going to give it credit for the amount of time that it's been there. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I, I'm going to, I'm going to totally switch things up. Uh, you know, there's, I could, I could go in a linear direction with my thought process, but I like keeping things really, uh, well, maybe interesting, but the next one I'm going to go to is over at magic kingdom. And you can only find it as far as these two parks is concerned at magic kingdom. You technically can find it somewhere else. Um, but there is a mountain attraction at Magic Kingdom. And I was thinking about the mountain attractions and which one has interesting or different ride vehicles. Um, there's one that almost made it that I'm sure will come up. I want to come up with something different. Um, and that is the swaying mine cars on Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A really unique experience. Mm-hmm. It is... I have to admit, when I first saw them, I was worried back in 2014 that the swaying would give me motion sickness because, mm-hmm. like, I can't do boats. Like, it, it just, it worried me. But the swaying on the coaster really just kind of goes with the turns. There's not just unnecessary swaying that happens in the vehicle. It's a very smooth experience. And it's just so much fun. It's just going with the flow. Um, it adds a really different element to a what would otherwise be a traditional minecart attraction. Attraction itself was a lot of fun. But it is such a unique ride design. And I, I struggle to find any other theme park that has a ride vehicle like this that is free swaying um, or free, you know, rocking back and forth, however you want to describe it. So this was one that a a very unique mountain attraction vehicle that I wanted to make sure was referenced. So that was it for me. Did anybody else have that one? 
I, it was almost on my list because, again, uh, I also love that this is an accessible coaster because of the smoothness of the track and just um, moving kind of the ball forward as far as roller coasters are concerned. There was another one that is also of that same kind of uh, where I would say, against a smooth ride attraction that really uh, envelops you in the story as well that is going to come up later on my list. So that's why Seven Dwarfs did not make the list. Okay, that's fair. Um, well, let's let's change up the order again. Vanessa, I will go to you first this time. So what do you have up on your list up next? Okay, so my next one is the Peter Pan's Flight Ships, only because of the, well, they're very cute, but at the end when you're about to take off and you're about to fly and the bar's about to go down, the cast member, they put pixie dust on uh, the bar so that you can stay safe and that you can fly. And I was just with my friend B. Bonner. It was our first time going on it. And I, I intensely turned her and said, watch it. Watch the pixie dust. Watch the pixie dust. And, uh, you know, because I want her to experience the, the way I I do. So, uh, yeah, that's why I picked Peter Pan's Flight. And it's fun. It's the track. You think you're going to die because it's ending. But lo and behold, above you, there is more track that will keep you safe and in flight. A unique track design, too, from that perspective, to your point, because you want to look down below you. So they have you suspended from the track above. And that makes it such a unique part of Fantasyland. That was an opening day attraction um, at Disneyland, one that I often reference. So that one I know. Uh, but yeah, this was one that I had on my list, too. I have such fond memories from the time I was really young of riding Peter Pan's flight back when. I couldn't ride the attractions that had the height requirements. It's some of my earliest memories from childhood is looking forward to riding Peter Pan's flight. Uh, even if it does have that 60 minute wait, sometimes just making sure we get there early in the morning, hit it first thing when I was a kid and minimize our wait time. Now at Magic Kingdom, they have that gorgeous extended queue that's inside, which makes that wait so much better, especially in the summer, so much more to look at. And it is from what I've heard from other Imagineers who know Walt Disney's favorite attraction um, at Disneyland. Aww. So that wow. also makes it a very special, very special ride vehicle because who wouldn't love sailing above London and through Neverland in a flying pirate ship? It's, and well, everybody can ride it. Meet them. I wouldn't want to meet that person. Well, I would meet them <laughs> and try to convince them. There you go. They were mistaken. Sorry. You know. And this is one that also made my list because, again, talking about innovation and iconic status, um, it's such an iconic ride. That's that's clear. But also innovation because you do have that moment where uh, you are flying. You know, it, it takes the track idea and puts it uh, upside down. So then that way you can be flying in this ship. And I'll say that, um, you know, your listeners may not know this, but I've actually uh, been blessed to have the best little boy in the absolute world. Uh, so I can fight anybody on that if you want to. But um, he, when he was going to uh, having trouble sleeping when he was young, the only song that would calm him was You Can Fly. And so uh, Peter Pan is something that even though I loved it and I loved uh, the characters and the pirates as a kid, it just keeps coming back in my life. And so that Peter Pan's flight is something that I have to do every single time I go to the Magic Kingdom and I can't wait to do it in Disneyland someday. Definitely a fun experience. And what a memorable emotional attachment that you would that you add to that with your son too. That totally changes the the whole game when it comes to Disney. Something I am 
blessed to have experience for the first time this summer as well. Definitely changes every every way you look at Disney. Um, so that's a whole other topic of conversation. Uh, let's go to... All right, so that was just Vanessa. That Wow, I'm like looking back at who I didn't get to yet. Um, let's... Brett, let's go to you next. What do you have up next? Oh, well, I don't... I don't know if this is going to be everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> the teacups! Oh. It, it's <laughs> like, not like, mine, I'm, but I do like the vehicle. <laughs> well, I'm like going... You know, I, I'm resulting in, you know, resorting to dad jokes, and I'm the only non-dad here, so I'm getting the jokes in. Um, okay, now, yeah, it is not for everyone. However, I have kind of found a new appreciation for it, uh, especially at Disneyland, because it's, you know, it, the setting at Disneyland is just amazing, so wonderful, kind of in that whole sort of uh, Alice in Wonderland area. So, uh, so my hack is this, or my trick is this, just get in the teacup and don't turn it. You will move around slowly. You might you might want to try that, Matthew. You know? I've thought about well, it, but I, I really have to maybe. trust the person I'm with. Okay. No, and I would. Well, you can trust me. Okay. <laughs> let's go on it. The next time we're at D23 Expo, I will not do that because th- then, you can ex- then you can experience the iconic teacups without getting sick. <laughs> like, like, you know, a lot of people really like to do that, you know, and there are more than ample opportunities, you know, to add that to your cotton candy and turkey leg and everything else mix. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say turkey leg in a disparaging way? I, I <laughs> you didn't did. mean that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that's our dynamic here. Sorry. Anyway. No, it's all good. Our dirty laundry. But anyway, yeah. So you can still experience it because you can take wonderful videos and pictures when you're on this I- iconic attraction if you just don't spin it. <laughs> so I know why people why people would go, why would you go on if you can't spin it? Because you don't want to be sick. Yeah. And for Matthew, we will do it. Let's do that. Let's make, yeah, let's make you know, that uh, a pact for sometime soon. I will consider it. I will okay. consider it. That's that's the best okay. you're going to get from me right now. <laughs> okay, I can as a consideration it now. to try. No, it. Brett, I am not going on it. So <laughs> I have trust issues, and especially with you. No, <laughs> no, Brett, I trust you completely. Um, that, but that is a, a really iconic answer, and you answered my question as to which park you prefer. And I have to say, just from a visual aesthetic perspective, I agree. Disneyland is pretty phenomenal, uh, but you do need that protection from the rain. In uh, in Magic Kingdom, so you have to have that Mm -hmm. gorgeous glass um, covering over it to make sure Mm -hmm. that guests don't get soaked if it is raining outside. (laughs) In Florida? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Originally, Um, it it was not covered. The first time I wrote it, it was not covered. That's right. Very interesting. And if it does rain in Anaheim, the times that it does, then, well, all of Disneyland is, uh, is really not built for... Of, uh, for rain, like a, a lot of rain, a lot of the queues yeah. are outside. It's it's a very different type of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig, we're rounding it out with you. What do you have up next? So I teased it. So I feel like I'll go to here next. And that is that we're going to get up early. We're going to wake up at seven o'clock. We're going to book that lightning lane for Slinky Dog Dash because mm. that's what you have to do in Hollywood Studios if you don't want to be waiting outside in a queue that is very hot. Um, but what I love about this, and it kind of ties in to me to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train because it, it really took that idea of just a smooth ride when it comes to a coaster. And what I love about Slinky Dog as an attraction is that you really 
really get to experience all of Hollywood Studios. You get a glimpse into Galaxy's Edge. You get to go see uh, the Tower of Terror in the distance. You really kind of get to see a bit of every part of that park. But the attraction vehicle, I also love that it brings in Slinky Dog and really gives you uh, a sense that you have been shrunken down to the size of a toy and you're now playing in Andy's backyard. And so I think that that was uh, awfully innovative. And again, people love it. And so I keep coming back to those ideas of also something being iconic as well. And so mine is going to be Slinky Dog at Slinky Dog's Dash. And that one is another vehicle that has personality too, because we hear Slinky Dog talking to us as we're riding the attraction. So that makes it fun as well. It would be I can only imagine if they do like a version 2.0, if the attraction vehicle becomes almost like an animatronic where the face actually mm. does talk as you're as you're riding around. No one riding it would see it, but the guests around would see it. And I don't know if that would be off-putting or really inter- like really enjoyable to see, but that yeah, would take it I, to the next level. But it's great that and I just Slink love, talks to us. I, ex- absolutely. I love in that middle of the attraction where he goes, hang on, you know, as you're getting ready to go. And uh, it's it's also one of the only roller coasters where you really don't want to ride in the front because you've got that huge head of Slinky right there. So I always suggest that you sit maybe a couple of rows back or even at the back at the tail uh, of that particular attraction vehicle. Yeah, that's good advice as well. Um, I'm going to go to... Uh, where do I go with this next? Where do I go next? I'm going to jump to... One that's, oh, I teased it out earlier. It was a conversation I had with Tony Baxter about one of his most iconic attractions of all time. This vehicle is iconic and innovative, so it fits to um, Craig's requirements there. At the time, it was unique as well. And that's the troop transports on Indiana Jones Adventure. Um, You could argue if the time rover on Dinosaur is more your cup of tea, but uh, I prefer the troop transports on Indiana Jones Adventure, not only because it was so innovative at the time. By the way, Joanna will fight me on this because she will say the time rover, but that's okay. <laughs> We're welcome to our difference of opinions. But um, yeah, this is a case where it was one of the first cases in Disney history where I talked earlier about that R5 unit having personality and and really um, you know conveying emotion as we ride the attraction. That might not be obvious when you ride it for the first time, but the troop transports, the EMV vehicles, are also sort of given this personality as you ride the attraction. Because when you pay attention, they're not just moving over mud and downstairs, and that in itself makes it extremely unique that the the bottom, the actual track itself, is flat and smooth, and it's just wheels moving along the track. But that top part is built like a simulator, like Star Tours, that has hydraulic systems that can have it go pitching in different ways and bouncing up and down and just moving in all different directions to simulate what it would feel to off-road on, you know, over boulders and and down down it literally goes down a flight of stairs at one point, which is it really feels convincing that you look at the track, there's no steps, but it feels like you're you're going down a set of steps. Um, but there are points where the vehicle will stop in front of, let's say, a giant snake, and suddenly freak out when the sneak comes towards it and you can feel the vehicle trying its best almost like a cartoon character to like get its way uh, get us all the safety away from that snake um and so there's different instances like that where also the boulder scene um that iconic boulder scene that if you haven't been on the attraction you've seen before where that boulder is coming down straight on head on towards you um and we feel that track that vehicle 
like backing up anxiously backing up like how do i get out of this situation um before finding a way to make its way to safety so that just the innovativeness of that ride vehicle the fact that it has its own personality makes it amazing um and for a long time the um the fact that you could also sit in the driver's seat and you weren't actually going to steer the vehicle but you know you could sort of steer the wheel and pretend that you were um driving the the whole vehicle i i did that once or twice it was a lot of fun so um the troop transports the uh, famous first well, dmv excellent if excellent. ours had a personality brett ours must have been rodeo because that one was <laughs> a wild ride it was crazy the only I, thing that made it a uh, serene was brett next to me yelling supple spine supple spine <laughs> That's my trick for a lot of things is to is to consciously think of your back and try to be, you know, relaxed. I do that on Matterhorn too. Also it you helps. hold on to the you hold on to the car in front of you so you're not really touching the back the entire time. That's yeah, true. It's really hard on your back. So that you know, yeah. dinosaur dinosaur I think is a rougher experience. I don't know if it's the darkness, because that is if you compare the two, like dinosaur is a very physically like literally a dark attraction it's very hard to see um indiana jones adventure has dark moments but it's not as dark of an experience um you can more easily see around you so maybe that's it but i i'm convinced that there is a little bit more um like hydraulic motion pivots bouncing that happens on dinosaur than indiana jones adventure maybe because you are truly supposed to be off-roading on dirt the entire time as opposed to in a temple that might just have stones and um maybe not as rough of an experience so uh for me i get i get much more motion sick on dinosaur than i do on indiana jones adventure in general Hmm. yeah well i had that one on um my list too and but i uh i don't know why but i i really felt like it was quite bouncy like on the indiana jones ride i felt like i was gonna fly out of the car and it felt very bouncy and fun i don't know why i didn't get sick on it we rode it how many times did we ride it brett like seven times but for some reason dinosaur seems to just i don't know if it's more jerky but that one makes me a little more sick but i i love that we most of us except for one person who hasn't been to disneyland um that we all have this on our list just me it is it isn't just me, Craig. It's not just me there. I, you know, I'll tell you, Matthew, uh, just described something that I clearly need to experience. And so mm-hmm. I, I will make it out there uh, soon, I am sure. Take the trip. Um, well, Craig, since, you know, we just threw you under the bus, why don't you go next? <laughs> what do you have? What do you have up next so- on the list? I think we've all been trying to avoid the biggies um, because we've been, you know, but I think it's time. Like your listeners are like, seriously, how far into this episode are they? And they (laughs) haven't mentioned the doom buggies uh, from the Haunted Mansion. I had a great dad joke for that. Welcome back to Imagination Central. I sincerely hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion and invite you to join us for part two next week in our next podcast episode. Big thanks to my friends Brett, Vanessa, and Craig for joining our conversation. If you don't already, please be sure to listen to some of their incredible podcast episodes over at Beyond the Mouse as they really do put on an incredible show. 
Of course, I want to turn this conversation over to you and hear which Disney attraction vehicles you enjoy the most. Let us know if you have your own top 10 list and why you feel those particular ride vehicles are some of the best that Disney has to offer. You can submit your answers and join the conversation by finding Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media channels. I've posted this question to several locations, including our Instagram page and our Facebook group, all of which you can find links to and more over at imaginationskyway.com. If you don't already subscribe to the show, I encourage you to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, or any other podcast app. Better yet, if you have a moment to leave us a rating or a review in that podcast app, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that really goes a long way to help this show out because it increases our relevance if somebody is searching for a related topic in these apps, and it encourages others to check out our podcast episodes if they come across the show. As always, I want to give a huge thanks as well to our Patreon members. This show truly would not be possible without your support. You can learn more about how to contribute to the show, how to unlock a tremendous amount of bonus content, including bonus podcast episodes, and so much more, and how to join a private community of listeners and events by heading to imaginationskyway.com slash community. I've got a link for you in the podcast description of this show. There you'll find the current benefits that are available to our supporters of the podcast and how you can become a part of that community. And when you're ready to book your next trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Aulani, or any other Disney destination, be sure to check out our travel partners, Magical Park Vacations, where you can head to magicalparkvacations.com or you can find them on social media at Magical Park Vacations. They are a team of travel agents who can help you to plan and book your next Disney vacation. They are who I personally use to book my Disney vacations and who I personally recommend as well, which is why I am thrilled to have them as an official sponsor of the show. Like most travel agents, their services are complimentary to you, but they offer a level of service and expertise that is some of the best in the business. You can get started again by heading to MagicalParkVacations.com or find Magical Park Vacations on social media. Plus, if you're looking for a little extra support on your next Disney vacation, I encourage you to reach out to WDW Park Planners over at WDWParkPlanners.com, or you can find them on social media. They take the planning process a step further by offering a concierge service that creates a personalized day-by-day itinerary for you and your family, plus virtual trip support that you can access while you're on your vacation, which is an incredible service, I have to admit. WDW Park Planners is perfect for families who really want to make the most of their Disney vacation. Their team of planners will work to understand your family's individual preferences and come up with the absolute best game plan for your vacation. They've offered me some incredible tips and come up with some amazing plans for my vacations, and I know that they can do the same for you as well. Again, you can learn more over at www.parkplanners.com or find WDW Park Planners on social media. Last but not least, I want to encourage you, as I always do, to go after your dreams and your goals, big and small, no matter what they might be. As Walt would say, quit talking and begin doing. Make the most of every single day and go make your dreams come true. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it.
the TTA Blue Line. Galactic Travelers, welcome aboard the People Mover, presented by Enterprise. I'm Morak Fayev, your guide aboard this highway in the sky. Absolute best way to see tomorrow night. Among the stars, is there ever lots to see? From spacecraft to monster laughs, there's really nothing like today in Tomorrowland. For your safety, if you have wings, jetpacks, or gravity polarizers, When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing, the joy is never-ending, and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Contact Magical Park Vacations to book your Walt Disney World Resort vacation today. Call 585-662-3686 or visit MagicalParkVacations.com.